This is The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. Good morning, it's John Moore, and this is The Breakfast Wrap for this Monday, May 8th. Weather forecast for today, pretty uncomplicated stuff. Sunny with a high of 19 degrees. Here are the five things you need to know. Number one, Leafs lose game three. Number two, Gordon Lightfoot to be laid to rest in Aurelia today. Number three, Olivia Chow consolidates a lead in a new poll. Number four, King Charles is coming to Canadian currency and stamps. And number five, England basking in coronation aftermath. The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. 5.08 on a Monday morning. After a weekend that was uh, full of all kinds of stuff, I mean, the most recent development would certainly be this happened after I went to bed. I went to bed. There were two, two uh, got up and the Leafs had lost. So the Leafs have now lost uh, game three against the Panthers. And uh, John Tavares had this to say after the game. I just think it was a tight hockey game. You know, we uh, obviously just got to find a way to uh, capitalize a little more. Uh, you know, they're defending very tight in and around their net you know we just didn't uh um come on the right side of it and, and make the play needed to uh get us the result we want okay so what was it friday i think we were talking with uh, matt cause from tsn and i said is it time to start wringing our hands he said oh yeah start with the hand wringing right now and so now that the leafs have dropped a third game and are one game away from elimination and I think, uh, Nick, what, we're Wednesday is the next game, okay, which will be in Florida. And so I got, I got no special analysis, and I'm not, I think people know, if you're born and raised in Montreal, then you don't necessarily uh, climb on board with the Leafs easily. Uh, I wish them well, but uh, I'm also not going to pretend to be living in some sort of an existential angst-ridden state at the moment. We'll see what happens on Wednesday. Who knows? Maybe they come back and they, they win four games and off we go to the next round. But, John, here's the thing. So uh, I was looking at the schedule and it looks like if they do win tomorrow night, they come back home for a noon start on Friday. Okay. You mean tomorrow, Wednesday? No, no. Wednesday night they'll play the game. If the Leafs should win that game in Florida Wednesday night, they come back here for game five. Right. It's at noon, according to the schedule, on Friday. Really? Does the NHL see, not the Americans like hate us? <laughs> noon? All right. Uh, I mean, we know already that uh, the Leafs, you know, and, and the Panthers were scheduled around a basketball game, which is why they played last night instead of Saturday night. I mean, Saturday night is religion in Canada, but the Americans have other ideas. Anyway, we'll keep moving because, like I said, I got no special analysis. Uh, on the show today, though, Matt Cause is going to be here to give us some insight into what he saw last night. Also going to hook up again with James Willoughby, elementary school friend of mine from back in the day. And I found out on Facebook that he was going to Florida just to see the game. And, of course, as you know, he had to work his way around all kinds of impediments that have been created to favor Florida residents and uh, discriminate against putting Leafs fans in the stands for a Florida home game. Uh, but we're going to talk with James and find out if the whole thing was uh, worth it. A lot of guests today on the show today, as a matter of fact, our royal correspondent, Corn Hall, is going to be here at 635 with the follow-up on the weekend coronation. 
Merritt Stiles, NDP leader, is going to be here. A couple of stories in the news today, including the NDP still grieving the spa at uh, Ontario Place. But also today is the day provincial government is expected to pass the bill known as Your Health Act. And the idea here is privatizing or at least favoring private providers when it comes to some health services. All that and more coming up on the show. Um, speaking of the coronation this weekend, it was a grand and glorious show. And yes, I did get up and I watched the whole thing. And my takeaway was, this is kind of silly. There you go. So King Charles got crowned on the weekend, along with Queen Camilla. And, you know, I've kind of been fairly consistent in all of this, even before the Queen passed away. I was saying that I had enormous respect for her as a towering historic figure in the 20th century who was there during the Second World War, who carried the monarchy and the UK through decades of tumult. But at the same time, watching Charles and his gold tunic, and I kept thinking, you know, my magic sticks. Somebody give me, oh, there's another magic stick. I'm um, sorry. And, and I appreciate it. there are probably some monarchists who are horribly offended, but it just, it doesn't work in the modern age. In the, in the YouTube age, this stuff just all comes across as kind of a silly game. And, you know, I know there's an awful lot of people who are very upset that uh, we have a Queen Camilla, but Queen Elizabeth said that she wanted it to be that way. And she does happen to be the wife of the reigning monarch. So she gets to wear the crown. But as much as I enjoy this, and, and some people seem to think there's some sort of a contradiction in all of this, that I always talk about how much I like tricorn hats and ceremony and the, the guy with the black rod banging on the door of the Senate or of the Commons or whatever he bangs on. Uh, yeah, but at the same time, I am quite simply not monarchist enough to look at what was going on on Saturday morning and think that's the King of Canada. So uh, we'll talk about that. Scott Reed's going to be here at 6.20. And uh, we'll, we have our roundtables at 7.45 and 8.45. Uh, another ritual will be observed today. Yesterday, Gord, Gordon Lightfoot was lying in repose because he's not lying in state. It's not a state funeral, but lying in repose in his hometown church, the church that he sang in before his voice even changed as a boy soprano. And today there will be a very quiet and private ceremony. Uh, there will be a funeral that is open only to his family. But people got their chance. And interestingly, on the weekend in Aurelia, there was, there was supposed to be a concert in tribute to Gordon Lightfoot, originally, you know, the, the, uh, as he lived. And then Gordon Lightfoot passed away, so it became a memorial concert. So it was that much more freighted an affair. But still, people were paying tribute to Gordon Lightfoot over the weekend. Uh, several thousand people walked past his casket to pay tribute at his home church. And as mentioned, there will be a private funeral today. Okay, let's say good morning to News Talk 1010's John Moore. John, hope you had a great weekend. Uh, so hopefully the warmer temperatures today will make up for the Leafs losing last night uh, to the Florida Panthers. They are really now on the brink of elimination.
Oh, I don't know if anything can make up for the Leafs <laughs> losing last night. I mean, this is game three, so it's three zip for the Panthers. Uh, the next game takes place in Florida. If the Leafs win that, then they come home to Toronto. But yeah, 3-2 in overtime last night, and I think the angst is starting to set in. Mm -hmm, absolutely. All right, turning to something else. Uh, yesterday on Sunday, a visitation and a funeral held for Canadian iconic music legend, singer-songwriter Gordon Lightfoot. Thousands of people made the pilgrimage to the church that he actually grew up in and sang choir in, where a choir director actually mentored him. At the age of 12, he played at Massey Hall for the first time, and he would own that house for the rest of his life. Gordon Lightfoot lying in repose yesterday. There will be a very uh, private family funeral held in Aurelia mm -hmm. today. He'll be buried with his parents. Mm -hmm. Okay, very special indeed. And turning to this now, the mayoral race, a new poll is showing that candidate Olivia Chow is still leading. Yeah, there are apparently 72 people running for mayor of Toronto. The election is going to take place on the 26th of June. But the latest poll would suggest that Olivia Chow is consolidating her lead. Now, it's worth noting there are 32% of voters who say they still haven't made up their minds. However, amongst those who have made up their minds, 27% are supporting Chow, 16% Josh Matlow, 16% Mark Saunders, Brad Bradford at 12%. Those are the front runners. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we have about about uh, a few more days until uh, May 12th until it closes. So we could be seeing more candidates as well, even though it's already at a record number. Yeah. All right, and uh, turning to this, John, uh, the Your Health Act is set to pass today and the leader of the opposition, the NDP, Marit Stiles, she'll be on your show more in the morning at 8.05. The NDP taking one last stab at this legislation. However, it is expected to pass today. Obviously, Doug Ford has a sizable majority at Queen's Park. This is the act where some health services are going to be turned over to the private sector. So for supporters of the Medicare system, for NDPers and liberals, this is probably an existential crisis. For a lot of other people, mm -hmm. it's just a means of trying to get on top of everything from cataract surgery to knee replacement. Mm -hmm. All right. Finally, let's end with this. We know that the coronation of King Charles III has <laughs> happened across the pond over the weekend. Uh, and you got to love uh, British media, right? The, the Guardian calling the Coronation concert kind of a B-grade, B-star event. <laughs> <laughs> they called it a cobbled-together bunch of B-listers. Uh, Ollie Murs. They said if Ollie Murs is your lead act, then there's something wrong here. But yeah, Katy Perry performed. Uh, we had Steve Winwood. Um, there was um, Andrea Bocelli, Lionel Richie. A lot of people think this is sort of what you get when you're Monarch is 74 years old, but mm -hmm. still, what a glorious weekend. It was great for tourism. It was great for the British brand. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. A lot of people uh, flocked to the streets of London to witness that moment in history, of course. And I think that's Lung Lung, the piano player. I don't know. It's kind of mean to say B-listers. At once, they were A-listers, <laughs> right? It's a scale. All right. News Talk 1010's John Moore. Have a great show uh, and a great week ahead. We'll chat with you tomorrow. Jennifer Chang, our friend over at CP24. And yeah, I guess there's a certain degree of uh, dissociation with enjoying watching the ceremony as much as I did, but then in also reflecting on how it seems somewhat inconsequential. I just think as it becomes that much more real for Canadians, uh, Charles, for example, is going to turn up on our $20 bill very soon. His face is going to show up on our coinage. Not that a lot of people spend that much time with coins these days. But as that happens, I think the sort of false pageantry of the whole thing is going to start setting in. But, yeah, uh, you know, watching 
on Saturday morning, and I tend to wake up early anyway. So I wake up and I look at the clock and I think, okay, um, the whole show is about to begin now. I guess I'll go downstairs and watch it. And it was it was a glorious show full of pageantry, robes. I, one thing, I mean, one takeaway thought, I guess, would be that I, I can't even begin to think about who defines what in terms of the robes that you wear. Or like you look at the kids who are singing in the choir, and some of them are wearing these sort of faux beefeater outfits, and some of them are wearing... Um, gowns, um, the the ribbons and bows and the different jobs. found myself reflecting. There was one guy, well, actually there were multiples, but there was one guy I kept coming back to who had to walk beside the carriage as it made its way from Buckingham Palace to the Abbey and then back to Buckingham Palace. And I thought, you know, what kind of a job is that? You know, how do you get that job? How do you apply for that job? What um, what's the intake interview like? Um, when do you when are you awarded your tunic and breeches and then told that at the coronation your whole job is going to be to walk beside the carriage? What is the title for that job? I don't know. All that stuff quite glorious. I cannot imagine how many horses were involved. Um, and incidentally, speaking of horses, we had the Kentucky Derby on Saturday as well. Joe, you were at Woodbine taking in the Kentucky Derby. Derby, Yes, and the regular horse racing that takes place there, too. Yes, and you and Bree both went. She had a fascinator, didn't she? Yeah, we went and grabbed one right before we drove up to Woodbine. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. It was a very horsey weekend, wasn't it? Okay, so listen, let's press the reset button, because in addition to reflecting on disappointment from the Leafs and my jaundiced reflections on the coronation of King Charles. There are a bunch of news events we need to talk about this morning as well. All right, so I won't tease you all the way through another commercial break because we are going to take one in a moment. But amongst decided voters, and bear in mind, 32% of those polled says they're undecided. And I can certainly sympathize. I guess I would count myself amongst them. I don't know enough about these candidates yet. And also, the risk of being unpopular something I've come back to numerous times over the last few weeks is I don't feel like any one of these candidates is completely qualified to be the mayor of Toronto. It doesn't mean that I think that they would be bad mayors of Toronto. It's just that I find that they're all about 75% good enough for the job. So I'm going to wait until I see debates. I'm going to see policy and then I'll make up my mind. And with 32% undecided, let's move to those who are decided. The people who say, I already know who I'm going to vote for. 27% for Olivia Chow. 16% for Josh Matlow. 16% for Mark Saunders. 12% Brad Bradford. 10% for Mitzi Hunter, who for me remains a complete cipher in this race. I mean, I keep thinking she's holding on to her seat because she doesn't really intend to run. Uh, Anna Bailao, 9%. Uh, then my favorite candidate, someone else. Is that Ms. Els? Uh, someone else is uh, 7%. And Anthony Fury, who I, I find it very interesting because my former boss and a friend is doing media for Anthony Fury, and I think is helping to elevate him above the cacophony of nobodies. Because with 72 you know, people running, uh, let's face it, we got like eight serious candidates and then a bunch of nobodies. Uh, 
But Anthony Fury actually is only at 2%, which is unchanged from the uh, previous cycle of polls. Let's take a break. It's 534, and coming up in just a moment, going to be joined by our friend um, Preet Banerjee. And unknown, I guess, to an awful lot of people who listen regularly, Preet Banerjee is our Wednesday morning commentator on the morning brief at 620. But a while back, he actually moved to London, England. So he has a pulse on whatever level of excitement there was in the streets of London over the weekend for King Charles. You're listening to The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. It's fine. I'm listening to this and remembering the performance that The weekend did at the Super Bowl halftime show where he was running through a maze of mirrors where he just seemed to be lost and there was no way out. And I wonder if that's a metaphor for where the Leafs find themselves. The Leafs lost game three last night, and I think a lot of people feel a bit of a grip around their heart right now about what the prospects are. The Leafs moved into the second round for the first time in, what, 19 years it was? Okay. And so hopes were high. But three games down, it's going to be a considerable climb out. It's doable, obviously. But I think an awful lot of people are beginning to sense a certain degree of uh, apprehension as concerns this season. Nick Marano, we do have a clip of some of the fans post-show last night. It was a road game, so these are all people who watched it remotely. I'm absolutely deflated right now. We're down 3-0 in the series. We usually do very well in overtime. We win those playoff games. This is almost an unsurmountable like deficit being down three games. We have to win four in a row. It was a little upsetting. Yeah. But I feel like we can still come back because Leafs have worked very hard and I feel like potentially next game, since it was so close this game, maybe. But if not, then they had a good season. I'm not going to say it was deserved. I mean, Leafs were definitely shell-shocked there for a bit. Start of the third period, they, they were very dominant, but it's OT. One small play can mean the end. It's just tough. Okay, the, the words spoken by that woman in that clip are disheartening, aren't they? Well, it's a good season. No, no, no. Like, are you going to go home and mix the cocoa now? If you're bounced out of the playoffs, it wasn't a good season. A good season means we won the cup. It was a great season. Yeah. No, and it's funny you say that because I'm reminded of, I remember, I forget which celebrity marriage broke up, and they said, well, it was a good marriage, a good 14 years. No, marriage is supposed to be forever. It's not sort of, well, that was a good 14 years. Bring it on. Let's go look for the next marriage. No, our great news anchor, Ashley Legasic, gave us a great stat here from NHL. So there are 190 teams that trail the playoff series three games to none. Wow. Four of those teams rallied to win the series. Will the Leafs be number five? Okay, well, let's not start writing the old bits. You know, let's... Uh, I mean, I realize that's something we do around here. I had somebody saying, how ghoulish of you to have had something ready for Gordon Lightfoot's passing. Yeah, because we were told Gordon Lightfoot was gravely ill and we wanted to you know, give him the tribute he deserved. And that takes several days of work. So that's what, you know, obit departments in newspapers, for example, all over the world, have obits ready for everybody. I mean, they have obits ready for some of the king's grandchildren, just in case. Speaking of Gordon Lightfoot, he will have a funeral today, and it is a private funeral. He'll be buried next to his parents in Orillia, Ontario. He returned home to Orillia this weekend and laid, was laid in rest at the church where he used to sing in the choir as a boy. 
And then at 2 p.m. yesterday, the church bells rang 30 times, 29 times for the crew of the Edmund Fitzgerald, once for Gordon Lightfoot. And so after thousands of people paid tribute in person yesterday, and actually there was a book of condolences. And Joe Cristiano, take a, a check to see if that book of condolences is still open today at um, Massey Hall. But there was a book of condolences so people could go to Massey Hall and pay tribute to Gordon Lightfoot yesterday if they were not going to make the journey to Aurelia. Uh, I was mentioning the Liberal Convention on the weekend, and this is something we'll talk about on the roundtable today. As a matter of fact, Scott Reed, having worked for a Liberal Prime Minister, probably has some thoughts as well. Susan Delacourt, a columnist I have all times of day for because I just find her to be amongst about a half dozen of the analysts who I find insightful and not sort of cheerleaders or partisans. They just take a look at what the field is and say, this is what I see, as opposed to, hmm, you know, here's why I don't like this political figure. Here's why I must figure out a way to backstop that political leader. So Susan Delacorte writes that Justin Trudeau, in spite of the fact that he wasn't even present for most of the liberal convention happening in Ottawa, very much still has a grip on the party. There is not as much restiveness as some people might think amongst those who would like to succeed him, who are Christia Freeland, Philippe Champagne, uh, Anita Anand, um, Madame Jolie also. And then I know people talk about the former head of the Bank of Canada, Mark Carney, but I just don't see him as that much of a player. But normally when you've had three elections, there, there is sort of, you know, everyone's polishing their swords or their knives. And it would seem that most people are fairly content that Justin Trudeau is planning on leading this party into the next election. And who knows? Maybe that leads to the usual comeuppance that eventually comes to all majority parties and minority parties. And Justin Trudeau has to sit in the prime minister's office and welcome Pierre Polyev and wish him well. We'll see. We'll see when we get there. That's The Breakfast Wrap. Thanks for listening. My name is John Moore. I hope we'll talk again soon. You've been listening to The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. Don't forget to subscribe and get the latest episode from wherever you get your podcasts. And listen weekday mornings from 5 to 9 on News Talk 1010.